Welcome back to the Nutrition Unmeasured podcast. This episode is brought to you by my personal intuitive eating and wellness program. Allow me to be your personal coach through the 10 principles of intuitive eating. During this journey, you will receive a workbook to have throughout, a helpful body positivity journal, access to me at any time, and bi-weekly one-on-one calls to keep you accountable to yourself and motivated to change and find peace with food and your body. Before getting started today, I'd love to ask for a review if you're loving this podcast. Reviews only take a few seconds and they really help me grow the listenership. So of course, I would appreciate it. All right, today I'm with registered dietitian and my former co-host of the Dietitian's Dish podcast, Nicole Morrissey. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Thanks, Jay. It feels like old times. It feels good. How long has it been? Well, so I was thinking about it. I feel like it's we we quit November. It's been a year. It's 2022. We well, quit quit sounds oppressive. <laughs> um, I mean, we both have things, right? Outside of like our nine to fives that we're just pulling us in a lot of directions. And um, you've continued with podcasting, which is super exciting. Yeah, which I just picked up about, you know, three months ago. I did not go right into it because as you said, I mean, we decided amicably that we just didn't have enough time to podcast anymore. So it wasn't like I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go out on my own. Uh, It is a lot of work. Uh, I don't even podcast every week, if you know. It's every other week because it's just too much to do it every week. And as we just discovered, the IT issues, are, <laughs> <laughs> we're actually recording on a on Zoom, which I've never done before. So hopefully uh, the person who edits my podcast will be okay with this recording. We'll see. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're here and that we're, we're back, even if it's just once every once in a while. Yeah. So w- tell everyone what's new, Nicole. It's, I've been giving everyone updates on me. What's new with you? I know probably tons, but just any big things that are new? Uh, So we had a very successful soccer season. Both girls played outdoor soccer uh, and they were just like bosses on the field. It was really a fun season for both of them. And as parents watching, it it was just a really enjoyable season. I felt like they grew a lot as both individuals and teammates, which, yeah, just brings joy to a mother's heart, of course. And aside from that and just general busyness of life and hockey and work and, um, you know, reading all the books that I can <laughs> per usual. Um, Mark's organization announced this year a new benefit for employees. And so it's a one month sabbatical every five years. What? He's eligible. Yeah. So we are going to Alaska for two weeks in June. <gasps> that is amazing. I Yeah. I'm really excited. It's been a lot to think about. I did not realize that Alaska was so highly sought after that things were like booking up very quickly. So I did feel that we had to pull the trigger relatively quickly. Um, But that said, I'm I'm super excited about it. Mark, a little bit less so. I'm not sure why. Um, He's just not fully sold on Alaska because I think it's cold there and we live in Michigan. Uh, but the girls and I are certainly excited. Two weeks is going to be a lot of family time, uh, but it's a, it's one week on land and then a week cruise. Oh, that'll be so... And you're bringing the girls with you. <laughs> bringing the girls. Yes. Okay. That'll be amazing. My former boss actually took a two-week trip to Alaska and did dog sledding for two weeks. Like they had like a, oh my. a, a guide. Yes. Um, and she said that the trip was life-changing. Now, obviously, that's a little bit different than your trip, but I mean, that will be awesome. Alaska is just, 
I'm not, I've never been, but I can just I've seen pictures. I watched the video of my of my uh, my boss doing the dog sledding. It just looks beautiful. And I actually have clients in Alaska, believe it or not. So oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. it's to your point about just life changing. I think the remoteness of so much of Alaska is really something that people can't even fathom that live in like <laughs> you know the 48 down low. Um, mm-hmm. Just very, very remote is my understanding, which kind of freaks me out because the country freaks me out. I always think, oh my gosh, if I needed, if I had a medical emergency, how long would it take an ambulance to get to me? 45 minutes? I don't know. I'm sure Alaska yeah. is like more than that. Uh, but I guess sparse areas um, population-wise just kind of freak me out in weird ways. Um, yeah. Hopefully I'll just be so busy being blown away by the 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 beauty that is um that yeah. I won't even think about it but I think that's going to be the case. Well, what have you been up to professionally? Um work. So <laughs> just for anybody who's new to to the show, to your show who doesn't yeah. know anything about me, I work in um an outpatient not just outpatient but largely outpatient, a little bit of inpatient diabetes and nutrition department um with of a quite large medical um organization that covers most of much of Michigan anyway, uh, but we're in the very, very Southwest corner of Michigan. Um, just really busy, busy with that. Uh, I think my mm-hmm. new endeavor at work is working with wound patients. Mm-hmm. I never saw myself working with wound patients, but diabetes and wounds go hand in hand. And it's interesting because I've worked at the organization long enough that some of the patients that I'm now seeing, unfortunately, with some pretty serious complications of diabetes are people that I saw when I started eight, nine years ago um, when they were very early in in their disease course. Uh, But I heard a really good quote recently, which was, um, what's the best day to plant a tree or what's the best time to plant a tree 30 years ago? What's the next best time today? And I just love that. I've really kind of gone back mm-hmm. to the value in that statement because I think sometimes health can feel like it's too late or I missed the boat. And um, that's just been a really uplifting message, I would say. I love that. That is, I'm going to have to use that one. It's never too late. Um, certainly you can dwell on the fact that you didn't do something 30 years ago, but what's the point of that when you can still do it today and dwelling on it doesn't get you anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So really, really good point. Oh, good. I know you always have like grandiose professional goals. I think at one point you said you wanted to get your doctorate. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yes. And I wouldn't say that's completely off the table, however, and maybe it's because of all this wound stuff and also just, I would say COVID changed healthcare. Yeah. I really think if I were to go back to school for something now, it would be to get my nursing degree. Mm, yeah. Okay. That would be a great combination. I'm sure that that already exists, but that would be a, a great combination. I think it, well, it for does sure. exist. I, I know at least two dietitians that are also nurses. And to me, that is just a really cool complementing degree, you know, yeah. kind of combo, but who knows? I don't know. What's new with you guys? Well, professionally, you know, building my business. Uh, I'm actually getting a um, uh, an office, but just for once a week. I I love working from home. It's been really nice, of course, but I'm also ready for just a slight change. So I am paying for a an office space once a week, possibly even twice a week. We'll see what happens. So that will be really nice just to kind of get some change of scenery, get away from my husband for a bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sure he agrees uh, with that statement as well. 
And otherwise, you know, just staying really busy, you know, taking planning trips constantly. We are hoping to actually co- go to Michigan this summer, believe it or oh. not, um, upstate Michigan. Oh. So, yeah, which actually, by the way, we can talk more about this off mm-hmm. um, off the the recording. But my my mom has a, a significant other interest in upstate Michigan or upper Michigan. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Like so, moving to or visiting? So she's been visiting, which is a little scary for me because it's about eight hours. It's, um, oh my gosh, what's the big city in Upper Michigan that's really well known and people, Traverse it's a touristy. City? Yes, Traverse City. Okay. Thank you. That's where he lives. And so she's been going there. And I oh. don't think, I think he actually plans on eventually moving somewhere else, leaving Traverse City. He doesn't have anything really keeping him there other than the beauty. But I don't know. Right now I'm just like, mom. Come on. Like, why did you have to find someone who lives eight hours away and in Michigan, no less? (laughs) Just kidding. That is a hard sell on you, Ohio State fans. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's a little rough, but, you know, Michigan (laughs) is beautiful and they make really good beer. Shout out to Bell's, my favorite beer. Uh, So I I just can't deny it. So anyway, (laughs) let's into. Yes. I think. Well, yeah, we'll see where it goes. You know, she's had these things before that haven't panned out. So we'll see where this one goes. Um, It is exciting. I'm glad that she's happy, but, but, you know, I don't think it's anything. It hasn't been long-term yet. So we'll see. We'll see where it leads. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Let's dive into the Q&A. We got several questions, which were all, I think, fantastic questions. And I think some of them are better fitted for one or the other. This one, I think we can both both take. Uh, I will start, though. It says, What's a good healthy fat substitute for someone with nut and seed allergies other than just avocados, which of course, that's where my mind goes as well. Um, I feel like in general, the fats that will give you the more bang for your buck as in like fat and fiber or vitamins and minerals or and or they're lower in saturated fat. Of course, those definitely include nuts and seeds. Of course, if you have an allergy to them, what do you do? In my opinion, I feel like just including those different oils is is important. Olive oil, of course, being one of the easiest ones to incorporate or canola oil or, of course, here we go, avocado oil. Those are some great ways to get some extra fat. Uh, Possibly some other good foods that we don't think of might be uh, fatty fish like salmon or mackerel. And, of course, my favorite source of good fats and lots of satisfaction, in my opinion, eggs. Mm-hmm. What are yours? In Any addition, ideas for that one? Yeah, yeah. just to add to the um, oil comment, I think things like dressings, if you can make them at home, you can maybe just swap in more, like a heavier ratio of, of like an olive oil or avocado oils, if that's, mm-hmm. I mean, not that it's not already rich, um, but could, could be something like that. And I would add olives to that list. Ooh, how did I forget olives? Oh my gosh, my favorite food. Yes. And there's lots of different kinds of olives, I, you know, so get creative in that. If you don't, I don't super love black olives, but I will tear up some green olives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I know the the writer um, has a nut and seed allergy. I would just inquire if that's like all or if it's like tree, um, Ooh, because call. I yeah. think of flax and chia as being other possible options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I wouldn't shy away from things like mayonnaise, different condiments that may have, um, you know, some healthy fats in there. The mayonnaise aisle in particular, they've done a really nice job of adding um, heart healthy fats 
uh, like mm-hmm. the avocado and olive oil as the main component of the, you know, versus vegetable oil in the in the in the mayonnaise. Yeah, they even make mayonnaise with avocado. I feel like no, yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you could even make a fun con- a mayonnaise concoction with avocado and mayonnaise. Yeah, get yeah. fancy, get mm-hmm. yeah, go all in. I, I am so glad you said olives, you know, and when I was in Spain, olives were all the rage and there were so many different types of olives, but most grocery stores here too have a wide array of different types of olives. I do realize that not everyone loves olives, um, but if this writer enjoys olives, I think maybe that would be, that's a great example of something you can keep on hand for some uh, healthy fats. They're usually also in oil of some kind. You can incorporate that into your dressing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hummus like as well comes to mind. Ooh, good one with the tahini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although. Oh, well, <laughs> you could make homemade hummus without tahini, like just a bean and olive oil type of mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. I forgot about Ch- Chickpea with, uh, maybe you could even do instead of tahini, you could do like a, a soy butter or that's a very strong taste or a sunflower seed butter seeds. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. Just do it with chickpea and olive oil and some lime or some lemon and salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. It'd be yeah. delicious. I love that idea. Okay. Next question is, what if I still can't figure out when I'm actually full? And I will go ahead and take that one because first of all, I could go on for a really long time answering this question because I feel like it's the age old question. Like I, how do I notice when I'm full or how do I learn to stop when I'm full and not eat past comfortable fullness? I really think it starts with like, this is something that I work with people on constantly. In fact, I had, I've already had like three conversations about this just today. Uh, but it really starts with getting in touch with hunger first. You know, sometimes I think we tend to jump to fullness. But my question is, how are you doing honoring your hunger and your hunger cues? Are you aware of what your body signs of hunger are, even beyond just, you know, that stomach growling? Uh, when you notice those signs, how long does it take you to get food or to feed your body? Do you push those signs away? Are you Do you fear hunger? Do you nourish your body consistently? Because it really takes that consistent nourishment to then be really good at noticing and respecting our body's fullness signals. Um, so that's one thing, really first getting in touch with hunger. I would say second thing that I like to talk about with anyone I'm working with who has this question or this concern is also asking yourself, like, what do you typically do when you're eating? You know, I think of for myself, often I'll have days where every single one of my meals or eating situations is not like alone or not scrolling through a phone or doing something else like watching TV. I haven't been mindful in my meals. Sometimes I'll get to at the end of the day and I'm like, did I even like actually sit and enjoy a meal where I wasn't, you know, working or responding to an email or scrolling through the internet? So I'm I'm really making a plug here for this mindful eating. Even if it just means one meal, I think sometimes it's important for people to start with lunch because I feel like that's the meal where people tend to focus more on responding to emails or catching up on work and not giving themselves 
full permission to actually enjoy a meal in the middle of their busy day. So just take 10 minutes, put all the screens away. You can put some music on, even a podcast, and give yourself 10 minutes to be thoroughly focused on the textures, the flavors, the smells, the taste of your meal. Um, and, and keep practicing that, you know, over and over and over again. So hunger, honoring that, getting in touch with that, and then mindful eating, I think are my two biggest tips. Anything to add to that, Nicole? I don't think so. That is definitely your uh, area of expertise. I love it. <laughs> okay. So harder to do that we, we harder to do, like you said, it's, oh. it has to be practiced. Yeah. Like I oh, definitely, I, I agree. It's not like you're going to honor your hunger and start eating mindfully. And then bam, all of a sudden you can feel fullness because here's the thing. Even when you start to feel fullness, you also might have a tendency to eat past comfort and that's comfortable for you, you know? So getting in touch with what comfortable feelness fullness actually feels like. So a lot of my clients will will come to me maybe after a month of working together and say, I thought that my comfortable fullness felt a certain way, but the reality is now that I'm being more mindful, it's not comfortable at all. Yeah. And then that takes a whole nother, you know, set of of strategies and and things to be aware of and focus on. So yeah, it's it's definitely a journey. Okay. I'm gonna have you start with this one, Nicole. Or maybe no no no. So what are your thoughts on Ozempic? and similar drugs used for weight loss, specifically for those with a BMI over 40 where they're having medical consequences due to extra weight. So yeah, Nicole, I'll let you go ahead and and jump on this one first. All right. I guess first out of the gates, Ozempic is approved only for diabetic patients largely. Um, The the same molecule for a weight-specific like drug, um, same, again, same molecule is going to be Wygovi. So just mm-hmm. to kind of um, set the stage there, um, I love this topic. It's so hot right now. And it's fun for me to talk about specifically because as I shared um, kind of in the in the intro, I work almost exclusively in diabetes care. And this class of medications, the GLP-1 receptor agonists, are not new to market. People think that, Mm -hmm. uh, but they've Mm -hmm. actually been around for the entirety of the 13 years that I've been working in diabetes. Um, Now, the newer ones to market are at higher doses, um, and that's why we're seeing the greater weight loss. Um, And they're also now being delivered either weekly versus daily, or in some instances, through an oral pill taken daily. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been a huge draw to the class of medications. So I think that just kind of sets the stage. My personal lens with these, um, and for those who don't know from Gina, you and I podcasting together, but I have PCOS. I've been overweight, um, if you ask my mother, since birth um, or, or just about. And so these lifelong struggles um, with my weight, you know, tying that with PCOS and then accompanying comorbidities. So I have elevated cholesterol and um, even... After children, my PCOS and and some other symptoms related to my PCOS have continued to kind of escalate uh, as I'm I'm now in my late 30s, knocking on the door of 40, and um, a, a track record of and I hate this word, but I don't know how else to say it, but like of a weight loss failure. Like I have tried personally to lose weight more times than I would ever care to admit, and that's for health reasons, not for physical reasons. I have lived in a larger body my entire life. And I'm actually, I'm proud to say that I am very, very comfortable in my in my skin. I I do I wish things were a little bit different? 
Yeah, if I'm being honest. However, I I really am proud of myself for loving who I am the way that I am. And that's been a long journey. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I just want to kind of set the stage in that way that, um, you know, my interest in weight loss is truly for health, not for for vanity um, or, or just whatever other reasons people lose weight. So I, I guess, you know, what what who's an appropriate candidate? You know, the question is regarding a BMI of 40 and having medical consequences due to weight. I think the keys here are lifestyle efforts have to have been attempted and and not just once or, or not in the way that you you think is best, but have you worked with a dietitian? Have you worked closely? Have you have you do you know how to exercise? Do you know what mindful movement is? Those types of things. Medications, in my opinion, should never be the first line of treatment uh, with individuals battling chronic disease or disease mm-hmm. risk. Second, I think in terms of an appropriate candidate would be that their weight status is affecting their health. So like the the writer asked about you know medical consequences. I'm not sure what that means. But again, I think of, is it blood pressure? Is it lipids? Is it PCOS? Um, is it fasting insulin levels? Is it an elevated fasting glucose or an impaired fasting glucose or perhaps a a creeping A1C level? Um, Is it pain? That's been a big one for me is my joints, Um, just at the level of activity that I seek in my day-to-day life because it brings me joy. it hurts and that's not okay with me. So I'm not sure that, but I'm not sure that 40 isn't aggressive enough a a place for um, GLP-1 consideration, but rather like what's the health status of the individual? I mean, Gina, you and I know there are people at a BMI of 40 who are living a great healthy life. And there are people with a BMI of 28 who are have multiple comorbidities. So I, I, again, we hate BMI for all the reasons, but I think this is another just kind of instance where I don't know that we want to rely solely on on BMI for kind of a, a good or a bad candidate for GLP-1 therapy. Um, I, I guess my concern with the medications is, again, jumping to, to medications before lifestyle approach. And intuitive eating is a huge piece to this. And I hope you're happy to hear <laughs> that anything that um, <laughs> you and I have, you know, gone round and round at times about obesity and um, all of that kind of stuff. But I think the class of drugs and what's being looked at is like who's taking the medication. But it really does, when it's coupled with lifestyle, uh, force people, um, if they're, again, educated on the medication, to look for portions, um, look at their hydration status, and then the fat content that they're eating, specifically trans and saturated fats in excess. The tolerability of the medication goes way down when... Med- this class of medications is taken um, regardless of kind of changes with lifestyle. So that's that's a big, big deal. Taking the medication mm. alone is not going to warrant weight loss. I think that's, that's or at least nothing significant. It is yeah. really used in combination with lifestyle therapy. Yeah. Um, and so that that's huge. The media would not have you know that. That's for sure. Um, so mindful movement and and wholesome nutrition and intuitive eating are huge pieces to this. I guess I would just warn your listeners be very skeptical about what you watch on TikTok. I watched mm-hmm. one of this woman who swore that she had to go to the ER because of constipation. I will tell you, I have never in 13 years heard of severe constipation related to a GLP-1. And I probably work with six patients a day who take this class of medications. Never has that crossed my desk, which is interesting. Mm. No, um, I have heard this. I have heard that. In fact, I had a client the other day say that their GLP-1 counteracted the side effects from their metformin. Yeah, 
I would. Okay. Agree. Yes. Okay. Um, that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, that might be a positive thing. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because Mark and I, he got really, so Mark is my husband. Sorry for anybody who doesn't know. He's very, his degree is in economics and he follows the stock market closely. But this is the first time that I recall health or a medication really impacting the overall stock market. What they're mm-hmm. purporting is that if GLP-1s were widely accepted by insurance for coverage, that diabetes and diabetes risk would basically cease to exist. Mm, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty huge. So I, I, I think early intervention is being considered. Um, I don't know. It's super interesting. Okay. Gina, I know we I want texting about GLP-1s, which I love. I love I to nerd out over text with you. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad that I don't annoy you with my questions. Because you are you are de- you are a certified diabetes educator. I definitely educate on diabetes, but I don't have the extra education that you have plus all the experience. That is that is true. So I do go for, to you for a lot of my questions. So I want to I want to make it clear here that I still firmly believe that our weight has very little, if anything, to do with our health. And I will stand by that. After reading with the Body Respect book, I will stand by that. However, based on what you said, and I totally agree, there are some people that, and it sounds like you are one of those, that maybe live in a larger body and are doing all the things for their health, eating, you know, eating balanced diets, moving, but they still have comorbidities that are, um, that could possibly reduce because by reducing your weight. Okay, I'm not going to deny that. Um, I think also a big part of my push with like wh- the fo- not focusing on weight has more to do with like, okay, maybe your weight loss could help on certain health outcomes. Okay, maybe that is true. I mean, there are you know there are some studies that actually do support that for certain things. Yes, but just the focus on weight loss itself is what I don't think mm-hmm. is helpful for anyone. It's more about the health behaviors. And to your point, I love, I think I agree with you when it comes to these medications. Like if there is someone who has a higher higher BMI or, um, and has tried, they've done everything for their, to improve their health. They've, you know, met with a dietitian or a health coach. They've, they've done all the things, they're active, yada, yada, but they still have certain things like high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, where possibly weight loss might help. Again, I'm still not always sold on that, but sometimes it does. Also high blood sugar. Sometimes it does. I would definitely say, okay, I can see a place for these. But here's my question. It's not just the weight loss, Nicole, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. from these medications that is helping patients who take them to achieve these these positive outcomes. It's not just the correct. weight loss. Okay. GLP-1 is a native hormone to the body, and it's shown to be deficient in those living in larger bodies or with diagnosed diabetes. It's like the example I use is if somebody has low testosterone level, you don't just say, well, try harder to change it. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I have a hormone deficiency or like, what does that mean? You can't change largely you have to correct the hormone balance to see the change, if that makes sense. You wouldn't say to somebody, well, go try and make more GLP-1. Right, right. Okay. I just want to make it clear because I I don't want this message to get sent that, oh, yeah, see, you know, our, our body weight does have everything to do with our health. And 
it sh- certainly yes, people go on this on this drug and they lose weight and their health maybe their health outcomes get better, their metrics looks be- look better, but it's not just because of the weight. Especially with those who are taking it because of actual diabetes. I think this is more Ozempic versus Wagovi that I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Cuz I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, well, I don't know how Wagovi. I have patients who take Wagovi and some of whom don't even have like they don't all their their labs are within normal limits. There's no condition other than the fact that they just have a larger body. So I don't even want to get into that. That I'm a little bit skeptical skeptical about. I I don't understand the the justification for that. Um, I understand the patient's justification for that, but medically I don't understand it. This is something that, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Nicole, has to be taken for a lifetime. If I, I've known now two people in my life who started it, stopped it, and they gained all their weight back. So can you t- can you talk a little bit about that? That's an interesting thing. Um, I I do have some patients who have experienced that, like a lack of you know, something changed with their insurance and it was no longer available. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not going to claim to be an expert in this, right. but my brain tells me that if you lose adipose and your hormone, your your natural hormone balance is improved. Um, I, I think that there would be less of a need for the GLP one. And so like maybe it's it's a it would be a lower dose. Or I, I think for the same reasons it would be titrated up, I think is a great reason to titrate it down versus going cold turkey. Because I, I think it takes away the the medication does blunt, largely blunt, um, just cravings. That's why it's been studied in which is very interesting in alcohol. I mean, you and I were texting about that. There is there is a there's a chemical component in the brain um that is very powerful. And I think too that if and, and I think this is a little bit of a I don't want to say a placebo effect, whatever the opposite of a placebo is, but like a people almost put too much credibility creed into the medication that when it's stopped, they think, okay, I'm gonna go hog wild now. And they almost mm. look for that excuse. Um I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's everybody, but I don't think that people would experience rapid weight gain after stopping a GLP one if they were focused on the right things: intuitive eating, mindful movement. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. that's why I think the two have to go hand in hand because if you have one without the other, you you've only dealt with with half the problem, really. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even less because we all eat every day. We have to. Um, it's 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 great, um, but we have to do that in a way that is respecting of our body. Yeah, hunger if, and you know all those things. It's it's really important. Right, right. And and I think we could go on about this forever. And I appreciate your insight so much. I think you could you answered that better than I could have for sure. Not my area of expertise. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to do uh, an entire episode on that at one point. But I am going to actually put two podcasts in the show notes. One was the the maintenance phase. The, the ma- it's called Maintenance Phase. It's a podcast that I listen to. I love it. I'll put that in the show notes. And then also The Daily, which is, I believe, an NPR podcast. They oh. both did Ozempic uh, episodes that were fantastic. So if you would like to hear inf- more information about this topic, go ahead and check those out. We'll go ahead and move on. Uh, just quickly, because I know we only have a little bit of time. I'm, someone said that they're missing the healthy in a hurry or healthier in a hurry episodes. 
What are some of your top favorite quick recipes these days? I'm going to let you take this one, Nicole. I will put a link to our Healthier in a Hurry Spring 2022 edition in the show notes. But what are what have been some favorite recipes, uh, quick recipes, Nicole, lately? Yeah, soccer has forced this upon us and now swimming season. One that was a recent one is a, it's, I call it a Santa Fe bowl. Um, but basically chicken, corn, beans, salsa, packet of taco seasoning, slow cook it, serve it over rice, salad, repurpose it, you know, as a quesadilla through the week, nachos, you name it. Love that one. Super Yum. simple. Um, a slow cooker Greek chicken, which is more or less just chicken with a whole bunch of seasonings. Um, and then you can serve it in pitas with like some sliced up. I like to do avocado. Or not, well, avocado would be good too. Um, a cucumber, tomato, feta cheese. And you can even buy like store-bought tzatziki to keep things super quick and easy. So those are, oh, one more, sorry, one more slow cooker um, option, a teriyaki chicken and veggies. My mom made this one recently and she really liked it. But you um, just slow cook the chicken with, um, you know, a soy sauce, low sodium soy sauce based sauce, and then kind of add your veggies at the end. Um, and then I know you and I, Gina, we, we both use, I think at least those minute rice packets. Oh yeah. Like tear the corner and 90 seconds in the microwave. I love those. And they come in <laughs> Me too. options. Such a quick and easy option. Um, another one was a 20 minute, uh, garlic butter cashew chicken. And what I like about this one is it uses ground chicken, um, which cooks a lot quicker sometimes then like even diced up chicken or whole chicken broth. So that keeps it nice and quick. And then it has a ton of cashews in it and broccoli. So there's great fiber and fat and it's very satisfying. And again, served over rice. Um, One, I think you would like this one, Gina. I think you like gnocchi, but it's a sheet pan caprese gnocchi. So you can just buy like store-bought gnocchi, store-bought pesto, and you basically just throw some cherry tomatoes or grape tomatoes on a baking sheet along with your gnocchi, drizzle it with olive oil and a little bit of balsamic vinegar and fresh garlic, and then throws a little bit of pesto and mozzarella cheese over the top, throw it back in the oven for just a minute. It's like a 20-minute meal. Love it. So good. That sounds so good. Are you going to provide links for all these? These are all there. Yep. Yes. Yes. Thank um, you. The last one for soup season is a simple Italian sausage and orzo soup. So orzo is that tiny little rice pasta that cooks super quickly. Um, so that's about a 30-minute meal. But, you know, turkey Italian sausage just has so much flavor or regular Italian sausage. Um, you can throw some spinach in there, diced tomatoes. You know, using your pantry staples and your canned goods is a really great way to keep things healthy and um, and in a hurry. So, yeah. Oh, yes. Those are some recent favorites. Oh, those all sound so good. I'm actually going to Trader Joe's on Saturday, so I might have to get some gnocchi. I think they have the in they have the on the uh, shelf stable gnocchi. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, most grocery grocery stores do. So I'll have to check check that out. I will definitely put those in the show notes. If anyone is new to uh, this podcast and or didn't listen to our last one, Nicole does have a very, very popular blog, which is Prevention RD. I guess it's not even a blog. It's a website, um, right? Do you call it a blog or a website? I call it a blog. You I still do? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, it's, what does blog stand for? Um, uh, what is, isn't, isn't it, isn't it an acronym for something or a I blog? I didn't know it your... stood for anything. Oh my gosh. I want like a bio log or something. I, th- I thought yeah. it was like a, Whatever, because so, you write, you basically do like updates of your life and yeah. then recipes. So yeah, it's more like a blog. I would, I would agree. Okay, last question. I have PCOS, and all I ever want to eat are carbs. I debate whether I, I should just give them up cold turkey or just try to embrace the cravings. I'll go ahead and start with this. I will say I am still, you know, truth be told, learning 
about PCOS and learning more and more every day. Uh, I have a lot more clients now with PCOS. And I feel like anecdotally, it is on the rise. I don't know that for a fact. My approach is always, of course, a weight neutral and non-restrictive approach. So I would uh, never suggest to anyone with or without PCOS to give up carbohydrates, cold turkey, or really at all, especially because when you do that, you tend to then eat more um, animal products, animal proteins, less fiber, because where do you find carbohydrate or fiber in a lot of carbohydrate foods? And those types of diets can make us more insulin resistant. Um, So that's just one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I would never suggest like giving up carbohydrates or even going extremely low carb. Um, and and I'll talk about this in an episode coming up, but unlike alcohol or other drugs, which our body doesn't biologically need, giving up something like carbohydrates or sugar, which is something that our body needs, it, it's not the same. Like you can go cold turkey and give up alcohol, but that's a drug that we don't actually biologically require to live. Um, so, you know, just kind of to wrap up a little bit, I said, no, I don't, I don't think that giving up carbohydrates is a great idea. I do think at least embracing them, maybe also in with the guidance of a dietitian, an intuitive eating coach, I think would also be extremely helpful specifically. I'm actually going to bring on Julie Duffy Dillon. I am so excited about this. She is definitely an anti-restriction PCOS guru, and she will be on the podcast in January of 2024. So definitely stay tuned for that. Nicole, do you have anything else to add? Yeah. And I mean, I, I think the pr- first part of what you said is so important. When you cut something out entirely, it it never goes good places. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it leads completely the other direction. Yeah. It, yeah. And it, and it might take a while for that to happen because usually when we start something like a diet or a restrictive plan of some sort, we get this high at first. We feel really good. We're in control. We're doing something. And it feels really good. And we can usually coast for a while on that high, but inevitably it ends up doing the opposite that we want. And uh, our biology will always catch up with us. No one is immune to that. So restriction, severe restriction, even pseudo, like pseudo restriction that's even like the slightest bit is never helpful. So like trying to push away cravings, for example, will typically have the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that takes, again, having a coach to kind of help you through that uh, as much as possible. Um, so we'll definitely tune in in, Jan- in January when I speak to Julie Duffy Dillon. She's got a great um, a great podcast too, Find Your Food Voice, if you want to check out some of those episodes before January. All right, Nicole, it's the favorite time, favorite new products or recipes. Do you have one? Oh, you blindsided me. It's fine. It's fine. I've got one. I know. I do. I didn't tell you I was doing this. This is this is like a classic, you know, like we would always fill out our our podcast episodes beforehand and fill uh-huh. out all of our answers. So, so we had like a, a good guideline of what we were going to talk about. And sometimes one of us would forget to do the favorite new product or recipe and we'd be like, oh, no, but don't worry. I've got one. First of all, you just gave a million recipes. So <laughs> you're off the hook. Um, I was talking to a client a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about these pumpkin chocolate chip cookies from New York Times. And they have, they're kind of just basic pumpkin chocolate chip cookies that you could would imagine, but they have a, a secret key ingredient, which is cream cheese. And they're delicious. They're just very, they're, they're not cr- crispy. They're very soft and airy. 
um, almost kind of ugly looking, but delicious. I highly recommend this recipe. I will put it in the show notes. All right. Well, that is it. I think of one, Nina. Yeah, go ahead. So it's a kind bar, but it's the coconut one. It's in a teal wrapper. It's like coconut and almonds. And I'm pretty sure that that's about it that's in there. But my kids and I are tearing those up lately. Coconut and almonds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been around for a while. Yes, it's not new, but it's new to me. Yes. No, I I remember for like a long time when I first started dating Nick, I would buy those for him because he loves coconut and like he didn't have the most balanced diet. So I'd be like, oh, here, eat these kind bars because <laughs> he loves Almond Joy. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. kind bar will be a good substitute. Um, but they are very, very tasty if you like coconut. So yeah, very coconutty. Yes, it's pr- almost pure coconut and not it, it is honestly like an almond joy but i feel like more coconut awesome good one so that's it for today um nicole i appreciate you being here with us and of course i'll probably ask you to come back on again down the road uh coming up on december 18th i will be talking about five myths about intuitive eating until then treat yourself with the respect you deserve be the best friend you've always wanted and reach out to me at any time on instagram at nutrition unmeasured or via email at trustyourbodyrd at gmail.com nicole thank you again thanks gina bye-bye